to another episode of Game Tale 5. I am one of your hosts, Steph, and I'm joined by my other lovely lady host, Nikki. Hello. How are you doing, Nikki? I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good today. I don't think I've got any strange ailments or anything. That's good. That's a, that's a bonus. I think one thing to say is I'm surprised that I'm not ill, considering England has had terrible weather for the past few weeks, anyone that doesn't live here. It's not been nice. I mean, we haven't had great weather, but it hasn't been a polar vortex. I know, I really like the US has had. I should not complain, (laughs) but I've also not been enjoying our weather. So, I mean, it's not a polar vortex, but I've just had to put on more clothes than normal. I don't like it. Nikki likes to run free naked in the wind, so (laughs) putting on more clothes is just not not what she wants. No, but it's warming up (laughs) and, you know, maybe it'll be spring soon, maybe it won't. We'll see. Maybe. All the shops have decided that it's summer and spring. I went into one shop the other day and they're stocking like bikinis and swimwear. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was not fun. (laughs) I'm assuming you didn't buy any. No, I didn't. I didn't think that's whether appropriate (laughs) to get my my blushes on. But yes. And a bikini. Why are we here? Anyway, today we're here because we are going to talk about um, our top five 2D platformers. Um, the Twitter people have voted on what we should do and we, to be fair to them, we only gave them platformers and since then we decided that it should be only 2D platformers and we're not going to include any other types of platformers because within like three seconds I had like a list of about 20 games when it was platformers Yeah, it wasn't fun. It it just became like a thing where I was like, okay, I could include so many games and this is just really overwhelming. So we're going to have to split this into something. And I think 3D v 2D was like the the best option, Yeah, I think. Plus, I mean, it just means that we get to do another episode on platformers at a later date. Yeah. Including the 3D ones or whatever other ones we can think of. Maybe 2.5D. (laughs) Maybe. But yes, we appreciate everyone voting and we're sorry that it's been cut in half, but you'll get a 3D platformer one yeah. eventually. Yeah. Yes. When we can be bothered to do more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to play this special intro and we are going to kick it off. Yes. Cool. Let's go. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey! Oh! go! Boom. It's impossible uh, not to have a little boogie to that. I know. Every time. I think I'm not going to dance this time because of the squeaky chair and the banging <laughs> of the elbows, but... Every time I have to do some kind of like little hand movement. It's a very flaily song. That's kind of what I've concluded. It's a very flail your arms in the air kind of boogie. And if there's one thing I like, it's a flaily arm boogie song. <laughs> that's my jam. You can see me on the dance floor. I think that's uh, why I like Avril Lavigne's girlfriend so much. Because you can just throw your elbows around. It's a flaily arm mm. song. Or do my favourite move, the sprinkler. I mean, so Nikki's version of the sprinkler is not what you would expect a normal sprinkler move to be. It's a better, it's a better version. It's a, it's a sight to behold. <laughs> it's magical. I don't think I've ever seen a thing like it. One day, maybe I'll film you doing it, and then our audience can see it. I don't think the world's ready for it just yet. 
No, not right now. Maybe next but, year. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe <laughs> if we make it, you can have Nikki's magical, magical dance. Sprinkler move, yeah. I'll release that on like 1,000 followers. Oh man, I'm so doing getting you to do that now. <laughs> so I believe it is your turn to go first. It is my turn, yeah. So I we... don't also. Oh, sorry to interrupt you before I say it's your turn to go speak and then <laughs> then stop, stop speaking, speaking over me. I was gonna say uh, I don't expect us to have too many crossovers this week, but if we do, normal Beadle voice will return. Yes. Oh God. Okay. Lord yeah, and you can continue now. I just thought I'd mention. Oh, Lord. I was I was waiting for him to chime in there. He normally comes in after you say it. Oh, shit! Well, that's my bad. I still can't do it. I'm just gonna keep talking until I find the drop. There we go. Oh, there he is. All right then. So now I'm gonna start. Um, I want to begin it by saying that I, I genuinely had to like Google the real definition of platformer because I was worried that I wasn't gonna have like what was you know categorically a platformer. Um, but I'm pretty happy with my with my answers and my first nice. one, my number five. I have gone for Sonic Two. Whoa. So is it gone? We've gone real old school for this one because I mean yeah. we face if let, let's face it, like old platformers were. I mean you still get platformers now, but it's more about the old ones most yeah. of the time. I mean platformers were the kings of the world yeah. during like you know 90s early 2000s yeah. there was so many platformers that was just like mm. what game you made yeah like i love a modern platformer but you know yeah. we're gonna have to go back to the roots of platformer and for me it was it was always me sonic 2 which is weird because people would be like well why wouldn't you pick sonic 1 and i think the reason i went for sonic 2 was the multiplayer aspect as a kid i loved it because i don't know it just made it much more I could play with like my cousins, my brother and sister and everything, and it just became a much more fun experience being able to play with other people. Um, and also there was like the versus mode, which I found really fun as well. Really infuriating, but I really enjoyed that. So having the co-op aspect I thought was was awesome. Um, and yeah, and I just thought it was a great game generally. Sonic's obviously, you know, I don't really have to explain much of Sonic because it's Sonic. Everybody knows Sonic. He's like the most iconic game character. But, but yeah, for me, I just thought that was a good one to have because it was pivotal for me, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you think of the Sega Mega Drive Genesis, if you're in the States, um, that's like the game that instantly springs to mind as the yeah. the one game of that platform, for sure. Um, I looked at Sonic quite a lot to, for this one, because I think he is just the king of the first 2D platform, really. Yeah. I mean, obviously you've got Mario, but if you're talking a Sega kid, then Sonic was the boss. I mean, yeah. I, I think if you look at, like, the iconic characters in gaming, especially in the beginning, like, Sonic's definitely up there um, alongside Mario. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Sonic 2 was good, though. I liked I liked Tails. Tails was cool. Tails was cool. A very was, controversial uh, opinion, was though. was the one that I wanted to go for. People don't like Tails. I mean, anytime I mention Tails... No, people hate Tails. And anytime I mention <laughs> Tails, I get the whole, yeah, but he must have, like, three buttholes because he's got how many te- three tails yeah, it's just because he's a fox two fox, tails he just has one butthole and three tails because oh. they they all spring off of of one i would imagine you don't think it's in like a diamond triforce formation of butthole yeah but there would still just be like one but what the hell is up to this podcast <laughs> so early on we're already talking about buttholes sorry that's okay you took it there but it's fine um yeah i assume there'd probably just be one butthole at the bottom of the tail anyway 
good. I'm glad we've cleared that up. Glad we've got past that. Um, yeah. Did you play Sonic 2? I did. Yeah, I'm a mm. big fan of Sonic 2. I think I played more of uh, Sonic 3 and then Sonic and Knuckles. But yeah. um, definitely a lot of Sonic 2. Um, yeah. It was just good. And I always just remember Robotnik, who's now Eggman, which I've no- never understood the name change. I like Robotnik way more than I like Eggman. Yeah, but it, I think... Well, I wish I had a fact on this. I didn't really look into it. But I'm pretty sure Eggman was the Japanese version and then we changed it, the Western world, to Robotnik, I think. So I think you're right, actually. I have heard that before. Mm. I just... I just liked just, Robotnik. I like I'm Eggman. Just, you know, oh, I think there's well. something cute. Well, not, well, I say cute. He's the bad guy. But yeah. I don't know. I just thought it's funny. It's just, I just liked it. Robotnik, <laughs> he sounds too scary as Robotnik. I like, oh, it's the Eggman. See, I like the opposite reason of why I like Robotnik. Because he sounds more like a villain than <laughs> Eggman. I'm just like, I'm not scared of you. I'll push you off a wall and you'll crack. Yeah. But, uh, but speaking of Tails... Mm. Um, I'm going to intertwine my fact into this, which okay. is um, apparently Tails was originally designed as a different animal. So originally he was designed to be a flying squirrel, which is pretty cool. I can kind of see where that went. Um, yeah, definitely. And apparently his design was later used for Ray the Squirrel, who was apparently in some kind of Sega Sonic arcade game. Um, and then he was going to be a raccoon. But they scrapped, they scrapped that idea because of Mario in the Tanuki suit. So... Yeah, that's true. I see why they did. But that would have been great. I do like a raccoon. Yeah. So, you know. But I, 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 I do like foxes. And I don't see everyone's problem with tails. I think he's cute. But, you know. I understand that, you know, like there's other cool characters in the Sonic universe. But tails is kind of like, I guess, like kind of like Batman's Robin, I guess, in that way. He's not too threatening or like too much of like a protagonist. He's kind of just like there. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's issue with him is that he's just, like, a little annoying. It's like having a small child with you. Yeah. Um, most of the time. I think I guess... only, though, when things like his voice got introduced. For, like, Sonic 2, it was a bit like, yeah, whatever. I mean, he mostly just floated around behind you. Yeah. I'll agree with you there, actually. I actually remembering when I've actually heard him speak. Yeah, I disagree with it. But then, to be fair, I would disagree with most of those things having voices. Yeah, I don't even think I really like Sonic's voice. So I sometimes just prefer it when they just shut up, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a good point of old video games versus new. Everyone needs a voice, yeah. and voices, as we were listening to in our previous episode about voice actors, there's a very fine line between good and bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, and to lead on to another fact as well I've got about Sonic, which is about what Sonic was going to be, which was he did actually start off as a rabbit, which is weird. I think I knew that weirdly. Yeah. And then yeah. it was a cross between an armadillo and a hedgehog because they were like rolling animals. Um, um. Can you imagine Sonic the armadillo? <laughs> I would have liked that personally. I that love armadillos. Yeah. yeah, that would have brought more, a little bit more fame yeah. to the armadillo. They uh they went on to Hedgehog, obviously, but apparently there were some concerns with America not knowing what hedgehogs were, which I, I don't know this, and I feel like I want someone to tell me who lives in America. Like, so there's no hedgehogs in America. I mean... Are they just uh, British? Yeah. I don't... Or no, European. No, you get They'll be European, yeah, they, right? Yeah, I guess so. I actually don't know where you can find hedgehogs in the wild, other than here. It would, it would definitely be, us. like, Europe or something. But I just it just dawned on me. I was just like, wow, I wonder if, like, Americans sort of 
would automatically know. I mean, they obviously wouldn't know what Hedgehog was, I'm sure, but it just made me think. Weird. Um, and <laughs> anyway, um, Sonic was also originally going to be called Needle Mouse. Needle Mouse? That's yeah. just a description of what a hedgehog is. Which I then led me to think, damn it, I wish hedgehogs were called Needle Mice, because that's hilarious. Right? Yeah. That would have been great. It's kind of like when people on the internet have given things names, like Danger Noodle is a snake. Danger Noodle, yes. Needle Mouse. Oh, it is, people. isn't it? Yeah, Needle Mouse. There's more, and I really wish I could remember them right now because they crack me up, but yeah. <laughs> needle Mouse is now my new name for hedgehogs. Yeah. Anytime I see one, I'll be like, don't touch that Needle Mouse. <laughs> anyway, my, uh, my final fact <laughs> yeah. for Sonic, Needle Mouse. Um, is one that made me chuckle which is apparently Sega had actually worked out quite a big backstory for Sonic um, it was all scrap beforehand and I wish it wasn't um, Sonic was originally the leader of a rock band which consisted of a parakeet which looked like a chicken a monkey, a rabbit and a crocodile as well as a skilled breakdancer I think the crocodile was the breakdancer I'm not quite sure um, but what's more he was also romantically involved with a woman but it wasn't a female Needle Mouse. It was a human woman, and her name was Madonna. Wow. I feel like that's just someone's dream in the like, 90s, right? 80s to be with Madonna and own a <laughs> band with a breakdancing cro- crocodile. Part, part of what I find weird is the fact that she's human. Yeah, I find that odd. It's like when we were talking about Gex, the gecko, yeah. who had like a female girlfriend who was like a Playboy model. It's just a bit weird. <laughs> go Sonic just, I mean yeah well done I and mean, now he just gets Amy right oh yeah well I was, yeah. I was going to say Madonna. Madonna oh, yeah just voguing all over the place <laughs> well do we isn't the crocodile now you've in like obviously because they've expanded the Sonic characters and stuff so in quite a lot of the other games you now have like all the different factions of Sonic there's just so many characters in there. One of them is a crocodile who has like a DJ kind of breakdancing look to it. Well, so I now think this I feel is like it. that might be him. I feel like obviously a lot of those characters I mentioned because the parakeet that looks like a chicken, I definitely remember. Um, so obviously this is parts of it, but I think the whole thing about the rock band is maybe not, you know, so well, relevant. Well, he was in a rock band in the cartoon series. You are a Sonic expert. Sonic Underground. I just remember the cartoon series more than anything. Uh, and okay. I remember Because it was a great cartoon series. I didn't pay too much attention to it. I think it was the voices. Oh, yeah. It was a good cartoon series. And in that, he had a band with... Um, oh, like, cool. other, they were well, other hedgehogs. Maybe it all came to fruition then, and they ended up using that backstory. Maybe. They maybe go. they just would not let go of that backstory. No. Someone was clearly very invested, but was Madonna there? No. Now I'm sad that Madonna wasn't ever in wow. Sonic Underground, the TV series. Wow. Maybe she was. I'm going to go Google that. I mean, maybe she's not actually the Madonna. <laughs> I, think maybe. You know, I don't know if Sonic could actually score Madonna, but could just I don't be. Know. Some... She's not doing much now. Yeah, true. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Taking country land in England. But yeah, that's my top top five. Well, that was quick. That's my number five. <laughs> A whole five? I didn't even realise you did anymore. Cool. Um, in that case, I will move on to my number five. I was going to say number wang. <laughs> <laughs> number wang. 
what's your number wang? My number wang five is uh, also old school. I went for Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, which is on the Game Boy originally. Nice. Um, yeah, I thought like my first one's got to be the first platformer I really played. Uh, I had Mario Land 1 as well, but Mario Land 1 was more like, um, I guess, original uh, Super Mario Bros. And it was kind of that, you know what you think classic Mario is Yeah, when you start the level. It was more like that and it was quite hard, whereas Super Mario Land was a little bit different. It was kind of more the modern version of Mario you see now, like the more drawn version of him. And um, you basically, the story is you're playing as Mario and he has a, like, his own island somehow he managed to get his own island called mario land and while he was away you know with princess peach somewhere obviously he um wario came in and stole the castle and um then you kind of have to go around collecting six coins from like these different leveled areas so you have to get through like i think it's like a couple of levels and then you beat a boss and they give you a coin and then once you've done that six times you can go into the castle and finish it and it was a really good game it had like a really cool like i don't know it's more like modern uh art style with the kind of funny curved hills and that kind of thing that's just how i remember it a lot um i think you can also now get it on the ds 3ds i think you can i if you can it's worth getting it was one of my favorite games as a kid i think i still have it on my game boy that I have somewhere buried in, in a drawer somewhere. Um, and it was just a really fun game. I just remember playing it a lot as a kid uh, back when I got it, which must have been like 1990. I miss the Game Boy. Game right, Boy was, was amazing. Great. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Although, until you remember that you can't really play it in low light. And then... Oh, yeah. Well, we had we had one of those like out. yeah I remember I had that I had like a special like screen which you'd like put on it so that like the sun glare wouldn't like but I mean it wouldn't really do anything it would just yeah. kind of help if anything it distorted the screen a bit but yeah it was like almost like a magnifying glass and it yeah. didn't help and then there was also yeah you could get the light that you plugged into it I had one of those mm-hmm. um and something else I had that was weird and I can't remember it probably a Pokemon attachment or something like that um. But yeah, it's just a really fun game. Um, and my facts for it, I did find facts, was that um, I mentioned Wario being the person who steals your castle. That is the first appearance of Wario oh. in this game. Uh, first time he ever appeared. And then from that, I think he got his own two like spin-off games. Um, obviously, he's had more now, but on the I think on the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And then I never realised that that was where he started out considering all the other kind of like Ouija didn't start until like Mario Tennis oh Ouija something weird like that you know my love for Waluigi um yeah I, I just had a look so I realised I haven't I don't think I actually played Mario 2 but I did play Mario 1 a lot that is one that I owned and I can see what you mean about the graphics differences like it it looks way better than Mario 1 um yeah. it's like more cartoony whereas yeah mm-hmm. like Mario 1 was a bit more kind of yeah it was a bit more basic but that one is the one that I played and I, I loved it and to be yeah. honest, with with the old school Mario, you can't really go wrong. No, it's just like a simple gameplay, and I think all that this one did compared to the first one was like build on it with a slightly new art style. And they've got quite cool areas. So one of the areas was like a pumpkin zone, and one of my facts actually about that was that um, inside it is like a little Goomba, but he has like a special name called 
Jason, um, who has like Jason? a hockey mask. Yeah, who has a oh. hockey mask on and a dagger stuck in his head. Um, so he's obviously supposed to be like yeah. Jason, like Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth, which is really weird and creepy. Now I think about it, the fact that he's in a child's game. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. But yeah, all the different. I think there was like a Lego brick or not a Lego brick, or like a Nintendo lego brick version of world and all kinds of fun stuff i just yeah. remember it being really good and actually and now i've been talking about it for a while i'm like i don't want to play this game again well i was literally i'm not gonna lie i was just googling buying a game boy because i wanted to know how much they were because i decided i really miss having a game boy like an old school like not like a game boy i never actually had a game boy advance or a game boy color technically i had emulators when i was younger but yeah, yeah. i really i really want to play mario it's good i do still have my game boy pocket Nice. that I had when I was a kid. Uh, and I still have uh, Mario Land 1 and 2 and my Pokemon Red, which has like my original save on from a kid, which I treasure dearly. Well, I'll be my Pokemon. you soon. Yes. You to come steal them. Yeah, I was going to Not to see steal you. It. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just sneak in while I'm asleep. Yeah, pretty much. Steal I know how to open your window. It's true. It's very easy. You rob me quite easily. <laughs> Nobody knows where I live. For now. Mm, moving on. <laughs> what are your, you must have facts, right? There were my facts. Oh, cool. Google. Sorry. Actually, one more fact that I did not mention was um, apparently there is a hidden song in the end of the game um, where if you are in the game over screen and you wait for two minutes and 30 seconds, quite specific, you will hear a song called uh, Totaka Song. Um, cool yeah I don't know what it sounds like I don't think I've ever done it <laughs> and I don't know the significance of <laughs> great fact Totaka's song but um, I think it's uh, the guy maybe who wrote it it's okay we'll all, we'll all ponder on that um, oh wait um, it's, I remember now it's a song it's a 19 like or something song and it's hidden in like every game that he has done music for so that's why. Oh, that's yeah. cool. But it's in lots and lots that of games. Cool. Yeah. Nice. I remember why that was a good fact. <laughs> Not just as a song. It no. plays here. But we've Go done well. Them. We've mentioned two of the most significant platformer characters. So yeah. well done us. Ticking the box for us then. God knows what's going to come next. Oh God. What is your number four? <laughs> I'm slightly scared now. Um, I've gone old school again. So um, my number four is Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion for Mega Drive. Oh, okay. Sega Genesis. Very cool. Did you play that? I did. Um, yeah. I also played the remade version of, oh. like, the weird 2.5D one they did. We'll on, get to that I later. Think, PlayStation 3? Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Carry on. So anyway, if anyone that doesn't know, Castle of Illusion um, starred Mickey Mouse, and it was uh, released in 1990, the best year ever. Um, so yeah basically the general gist of it was you kind of follow Mickey Mouse on a quest to save Minnie Mouse from an evil witch Miserable which is funny because she is miserable Um, so yeah it was one of the first games that I made I think with a Disney character I'm pretty sure Um, and it was awesome it was for me the reason I liked it as a kid was it was just really magical I think and the graphics were really good I thought at the time obviously look at it now you might not think that but I thought it was really beautiful at the time and it was really really cool um yeah and i enjoyed it 
And I just think it had a lot of, like, dynamic to it. And it was quite different from a lot of other, like, platformers at the time. Especially with the story. And, like, you got to sort of go in these different worlds. And I was always really amazed by that. Um, it was awesome. It was a good game. So that's why I decided it was a nice to make it number four. It's good. It's a nice game. And I'm glad, again, we're mentioning on the Mega Drive. Because I think Mega Drive was just king of platformers, mostly. Yeah. Especially Disney ones. Because Disney, out of the Disney franchises, the Castle of Illusion stuff was like the best yeah ones because they obviously yeah. had like a la- like anytime they made a movie they also made a mega drive game because at the time we had like aladdin and pocahontas i think i've played oh and, god yeah lion uh, king lion aladdin king. were amazing yeah. mega drive games. yeah it mega they were drive, really good and genesis and stuff they were the king of platformers for sure because in in regards to to castle illusion as well they then released world of illusion which had mickey mouse and donald duck in it which i also played which i also wanted to put in here so that's why i'm mentioning it well not- you can stop mentioning it now Oh, why? Well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to not ever talk about that game ever again. Um, yeah. Quackshot as well was one that came a little bit after, which was also an awesome game. I don't know if you played Quackshot. It was like the I Donald Duck I did not one. play That sounds amazing, though, because I have a good love for Donald Duck. Yeah, that was a real good one. I enjoyed that. But yeah, generally, I think it was quite important as well at that point in time in regards to the sort of general status of it, because obviously after that, you've got all these other Disney games, which are also awesome. Um, and yeah, I liked it a lot. And I do have... Okay. Do I have any facts? Oh, yes. We'll go into the the remake, which I didn't really know existed until <laughs> I started researching this. And I decided to, like... I did watch a few videos of it. And so I'm curious about how you feel about it. Uh, so I remember playing it. Because I, I didn't play a lot of Castle of Illusion when it was originally on mm. the Mega Drive, I think. Uh, compared to that one. And I think it was fine. I don't remember a lot about it. I think I just remember, like, oh, this is kind of a weird, like, 2D, like, 2.5D platformer that I found that reminds me of my childhood. So I didn't mind it. But I can't tell you too much about it, so that probably says more than my actual well, description. when I watched the gameplays of it, for me, it's it looks cool. But for me, like, there does, I don't feel nostalgic about it because it's so remastered and so remade that it just doesn't seem familiar. Yeah. I don't know. That's fair. Because I, I think, can see that. yeah, for me, the, the original was just like the music and everything and the, 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 the like the noises. I almost kind of just want that game on my phone or something. <laughs> like, just that. I do know, though, that they, when they released the remake, I think in North America, when people pre ordered it, they got. A, like a remade version of Castle of Illusion so obviously the old one but just remastered kind of as well oh, as nice. as well as the new Castle of Illusion and I'm really jealous because I would have just wanted that really but um, yeah. you know it, it did look cool and it looked really pretty but I think for me like it wouldn't have necessarily been something that I wanted I guess yeah I mean it's quite a significant change really especially with the slight 3D elements in there so it doesn't really feel yeah. like the old one did it's not like uh, you know when like re- they redid DuckTales uh, they remade it yeah. and that kind of has a lot of like elements of I don't know it, fe- it looks quite similar because they've kept it 2D and a lot yeah. of the art is just basically redrawn uh, and not pixeled anymore so it kind of works so I can see how mm. that much of a change could kind of be a bit I, yeah off-bang. I think as well watching some of the old videos of Castle of Illusion as well I realised how much I love 8-bit and how comforting mm. I find 8-bit weirdly like I just I love it anyway yeah. um, the one cool thing I did notice about the remake that I saw 
um, when I was watching is the fact that the narrator, I liked the narrator, the narration is good. And I realised, I was like, I recognise that voice. I was like, whose voice is that? And I, I googled it and I realised it was Richard McGonagall who plays Victor Sullivan in Uncharted. And he's very famous and everything else as well. But that one, I was just like, oh my God, like Victor Sullivan is voicing this game. Now I kind of want it, despite the fact that I don't really want it. <laughs> yeah, just for his voice. Yeah. Excuse me, Richard Sullivan. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't really have much else to say about Castle Illusion other than I loved it and it was a really good platformer game. Well, that's good. Um, well, because I'm assuming you're done, so I'm going to move quite yeah, quickly on. Because my number four is World of Illusion, starring Mickey oh, Mouse and Donald Duck. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh. which is why when you were like, it's World of <laughs> like something of Illusion, I was like, oh, so close. Nice. Didn't so, have to get the beat. See, I wanted to put World of Illusion in as well, because I realised I had that one as well. Because I remember thinking like, oh, what was the one with Donald Duck in it? Because that was really beautiful as well. And then I noticed it was World of Illusion or Castle of Illusion. But it's good, because you got that. Yeah, I would that one. So World of Illusion was the one that I had on Mega Drive. Uh, so I didn't have Castle of Illusion. I played it a little bit at, like, I think my cousin's house or a friend's house and stuff. But I owned World of Illusion, um, which came out, like, two years later in 1992. Um, and it's a slightly different story in the sense of Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck are trying to do... They become magicians and so they are doing stuff with a magical box, but it turns out to be an evil box or owned by Pete, the evil magician, and they get sent into this weird world type thing. And one of the world is like has card characters, kind of a bit like... Um, oh, that's the one I remember the most. Uh, yeah, I think that's the first level. Um, a bit like Alice in Wonderland, that's it. Um, and it's great because you can do co-op or single, or because you, you can either play as Donald or Mickey. I think Mickey's slightly easier than Donald's levels, and more you can play co-op, which I did quite a lot, which was really fun. Um, yeah, and again, I'm the same as you. It was just really pretty. Uh, all the artwork was really nice, which is actually something review a lot of reviewers said at the time. They said it was like the best-looking Disney game oh. around at that time because it was the art in it, like. The it was beautiful backgrounds and stuff yeah they're just lovely it kind of feels a bit like an old drawn disney movie mm. you know it kind of has that color palette of that paintings and stuff that they used in their background so it was really nice and i love donald duck so i quite often was like i want to be donald duck yeah um but one of the things was because reading the reviews they were like oh it's really great it's a beautiful game but it's quite easy and i was like i don't remember this game being easy at all i remember really struggling through and I don't think without like cheating and like moving my way to the end levels, like I ever really finished it until I was older. So I'm like, was it really easy? Should I go back and play it and see whether I find it much easier now? Because I remember it being hard and being like, of course there's only four levels in this because you can complete it in like 20 minutes, one person said. I was like, bullshit. <laughs> it took me years. I mean, I think about this as well. And I do think, was it because we were really young and really shit at games? Or was it because games in the 90s were just much harder? Because personally, I just think they're just fucking difficult. Like, I don't feel like I remember anyone ever really saying in the 90s, oh, this game is really easy. Because they had to make it really hard. Because if it's you get, like, an easy platformer, there's nothing to it. Like, there's no... You don't get, like, side quests like you do these days. You can't say, oh, that game was really easy. Because back then, like, that, they had to make it hard. Like, otherwise, you'd just finish the game really quickly and you'd be like, oh, this is shit. Yeah, and you wouldn't really own a lot of games. Like, for each, like, anytime you owned a system, most of the time, you'd only really be able to get games 
every so often and they were quite expensive so you wouldn't own that many so you just kind of keep working on the ones that you had over and over but yeah i don't ever remember doing very well at it even when i played like with a partner and now i feel like i should go back and double check my uh skill my skill set i mean do it doing like especially like finding my last two all i wanted to do is just break out like well, I say break out my Mega Drive. I don't. I don't know what my Mega Drive is. I haven't seen it for like ten years. But I do have a Master System, so I'm tempted to no, get some retro right. on, or at least buy a Mega Drive because I feel like I need this in my life. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't own a Mega Drive anymore, and I really wish I did. Um, I think my one broke. It like the sound stopped working on it. Uh, I think it was probably like a cable thing. I can't remember. For some reason, we don't have it anymore. Um, and it was half shared with my cousin, so. It wasn't really anything that I had. Yeah. So now I'm like, now I have money. I'm like, I should just go buy one because they're not very expensive mm. to get anymore. Or you can get one of those remake ones. Actually, speaking of Mega Drives, there is a, I'm going to forget the name of it and I'm going to find it and post it like on our Twitter at some point. But there is a company who's like remaking a, a new Mega Drive thing and it's really beautiful and it's like really minimalist and cool and mostly it's basically just a Mega Drive. It just plays games that you have on cartridge you can't like it's not like the other one you can get that has games stored on it or anything no see i disagree with that because i find that if 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 a get if like a little console like that pre-programs games into it i'm kind of like well you don't know what i want to play like what if i want to go out and buy like what you know what if i want a certain game that's not stored into it like i'd rather have one that i can use cartridges for almost yeah although i think the one that you can get at the moment you can it does both so it comes with a bunch of games pre-programmed but it also has a slot because good jesse from our partner podcast bought one or got one for christmas and has since been buying oh, okay. a shit ton of mega drive games that's good to know i'll uh, on the internet bear that in mind we'll post some links um but my fact my one and only fact really for this game and it's a really basic fact so i apologize now is uh that in the japanese version it was called i love mickey and donald uh fushiji na magi box which is, I love Mickey and Donald, wonderful magic box, in the translation. <laughs> Which isn't, because the magical box turns out to belong to an evil magician, who then sends them into a strange place. Yeah. It's not a wonderful magic box. It's a shit box. <laughs> That's what they should have called it. Yeah. Mickey and Donald's shit box. I love Mickey and Donald, shit box. <laughs> Um, but no, I'm glad you, I'm really glad you mentioned that because as I was like looking at Cards of Illusion and I kept looking at World of Illusion, I remember thinking like these two games were just equally amazing for me. World yeah. of Illusion, I think maybe was a bit prettier, but that's because it had like, I think obviously the art style had just been upped a bit, but yeah, I'm really yeah, glad you like mentioned two years it later. because those, they kind of belong together in a way, but yeah, I'm glad you yeah. did it. I'm glad we covered, uh, I've lost all my words. That's okay. You don't need words. <laughs> Yeah, who needs the ability <laughs> to speak on a podcast? Um, but yeah, good choice. Rad. What's your number three? So, the number three is I'm not going to pronounce the 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 true like meaning of the word, but it's called Never Alone. Um, I don't know if you played it. It's about I do. Yeah, yeah. I think it was free on Xbox Gold a little while ago. Um, I'm going to try and say it. Um, which is Kazima Inichuna. I, I, that's probably terrible, and I'm so sorry that I just slaughtered your language. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved it. 
So it's for anyone that doesn't know, um, it is like a puzzle platformer game, and it's based really heavily on like the cultural myths from the indigenous people in North Alaska, and like the whole game is like made up of like the traditional art. And I think what I found so cool about it was because when they made it, they actually partnered with a um, what was their name? Uh, so what were they called? Let me just find that. Sorry, there's so much information with this with this game. Um, Cook Inlet Tribal Councils. So they're a non-profit organization that works with indigenous groups in Alaska. And so it was this huge like joint effort to make this game and to produce it. And so what it kind of basically comes down to is um, it is this little girl and she is a in... I'm going to slaughter this as well. Um, in you pack, I think they're called. I'm just going to confirm that. Unipack, I think you say it. Um, Unipack girl and her little Arctic fox companion. And you're basically in a puzzle platformer doing stuff, solving puzzles together. But as you go along, you find out all this information as well about like the tribes and their kind of like the myths around the sort of world that they live in and how they see the world. And I just thought it was really beautiful. And the thing I thought that was really interesting about it was the fact that you have a choice every now and again to have a look at a cultural insight and you can watch like videos about like the the indigenous people and their ways of life and things like that and I just it is a choice you don't have to watch the videos but it kind of was like a little documentary in a way um and it just provided more insight to the game I loved it I thought it was just really nice I didn't watch like every single one of them but um I, I did play it as co-op as well. And I think, I don't know what it was like to play a single player. I imagine it might be quite hard because the, obviously like, cause it's, you control two characters. So for me doing it co-op was easier because obviously just one person has one job. Um, but I did hear some complaints of people saying that it was quite difficult just playing single player, having to do all the Fox stuff as well. So did, did, have you said you, did you say you played it? So I didn't play it, but I watched someone play it. Uh, okay. Um, and yeah, I don't remember them getting too stuck. I remember them finishing it. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember all I remember is the art in it and just how beautiful. Oh, it was it amazing. Was. And like you're right, I remember the different like learning kind of opportunities that they put in there. Um, were just really cool. It was just kind of nice to have that balance between yeah. a game that is fun and is trying to tell its own story and you can get right into and kind of forget about it, but also is kind of an educational game in a weird way, but works yeah kind of more stuff but yeah it was really cool but i don't yeah i don't remember like frustratingly hard bits no i mean like because i i'm sort of near the end of it at the moment i haven't finished it but i'm currently playing it um and i wouldn't say it's necessarily that hard i say there are some parts which are difficult but then any game's gonna be hard but i just think yeah i don't know i just i don't think i've played a game in a long time that's kind of captured my heart a little bit i guess and mm. i i don't know what it is it's just it's just adorable as well like it's just really nice um and i think the whole using like cultural sort of mythology is something that hasn't really been done before but it's really interesting because if you think about it a lot especially with like some cultures like the mythology is so rich and so like amazing but it doesn't necessarily get used almost especially i think in our day and age with indigenous like people sort of get becoming like you know a bit more sort of in in tied with the modern world you kind of lose it a bit so kind of capture it in a game i thought was really special yeah and you're right and it's not um a theme uh like of folklore or stuff like that that people use um very often like most of the time you know you get a lot of greek mythology games and norse is quite heavily 
done everywhere. You see but quite yeah, a lot it's, of it's that. so heavily yeah. done. Yeah, exactly. So many games. It's quite saturated in terms of the games that exist in that sense. But yeah, like native yeah. kind of games. And I it can't was really name any apart from what that that one. Yeah, it was really sweet as well because I was watching like the making of and um. And when they were making the game, like, they had, like, the elders, like, all in, like, the studio, like, telling the stories and, like, trying to give them, like, more information um, for, like, the backstory and just kind of, like, enrich it, I suppose, and, and make it kind of true. And I just thought that was just so lovely. And, like, the proceeds of it as well, I think, went to a lot towards the organisation of, you know, the Indigenous people. And it was just, it was just, like, there was nothing I could fault about everything about this game. It was just lovely, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so it just it just captured my heart, really. Yeah, it's a good choice. It's a game, I have to admit, when I think about platformers, I totally forgot. But when like anyone brings it up, I'm always really like, yes, you should play this game. You should, yeah, get it. Like, if anyone asks me, oh, have you played this one? Have you looked at it before? If it comes up on the Steam sale or something, and I'm like, yes, please play it. It's great. It's lovely. Yeah. So, good job. <laughs> but yeah, like... I think as well, I, I was happy to include more of a modern platformer because obviously they still exist. And yeah. I think it's, sometimes it's just nice to just have a simple platformer like that that has the puzzles and everything. And also you can play co-op because it's really fun co-op. Um, so generally my facts are just generally about the game, which I've already kind of mentioned, but I'm going to see if I've got any here to actually... Oh yeah, so the the cool thing about the game is that virtually all of the dialogue is in the Unipuck language. So, like, hardly any English is spoken at all, and it's all spoken in that in that native language, which I think is, you know, obviously becoming less spoken. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so it's a language spoken by only 9,300 people in the world. And I really enjoyed that, because obviously there is subtitles, but him, like, the narrator speaking in that language, I just thought it, I don't know, it was just so, it's just nothing I've seen before. Um, and I think it's very rare in games, actually, to, to not have English like in an English game, like not the spoken accent, you know what I mean? Like, mm. obviously, you're not going to have English yeah. in a game that's like released in Germany, but you know, to just have it specifically as that, I thought was really unique. Yeah, um, especially when you're doing a, a game about you know a different a person who would naturally speak a different language and yeah. then you just give them English. You're like, yeah, yeah. It felt like the game was made purely like from them for them almost kind of like yeah they were like trying to portray that and so you know why would they portray that in an english spoken language like that's not what the game's about the game is about this girl who is uh who is from that particular place so like it just makes sense that it would be in that language they just yeah and i just thought that was really nice because it just didn't feel like they were just trying to sell it you know it was trying to almost be more true to them so um the thing i liked as well is nuna I thought Nuna was adorable in her little puffy jacket. She was mm-hmm. cute. So, yeah. um, and the fox is obviously adorable as well. But um, I think one thing that I found as well, which I liked, was that they um, they say that obviously a lot of the time people think that she is this kind of heroic figure. But really they say Nuna is not a friend to all living things. She is technically a hunter. So um, one of the cultural insights basically explains that every living thing should be respected. And so if, if you know, you do have a hunter hunting, it should only be for food. Um, and so they explain that how I think in one of like one point in time a hunter had accidentally killed a mother polar bear so this hunter was basically forced by the tribe to then care for the cub that it had left because you know because of his actions 
And I yeah. think I've always really liked and been interested by like the kind of like standpoint of like, you know, hunting should only be when you need food. Um, yep. And the whole respect for animals and stuff like that. So that was really cool. But yeah, I just, I thought the country, cultural insights were just a really nice little kind of add on to it. And it was just, I liked as well that it was very topical with climate change. That was great. I'm not, I'm just going to swing on past that. But yeah, good game. Very insightful, educational. Play it. Yeah. It'll teach us some stuff. Yeah. That's always good. We like learning. Um, I spoke a lot. I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> okay, well, I will take this opportunity then to talk about my number three, uh, which is, um, again, I feel like we're mirroring each other this episode. Oh, um, I've gone for a uh, modern platformer-ish, uh, and I've gone with Rayman Legends. Okay, um, play Beetle. Oh, really? You bitch. Aha! Beetle. Oh! You stole my number one. Oh, I've stole your number one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to be fair, you've done this to me on The Sims on another episode. So That's okay. I'm sorry, not sorry. Go for it. Um, <clears throat> in that case, I will talk. Uh, you can help me with any facts and stuff that I don't have for this one. Um, it's obviously released in 2013 by uh, Ubisoft. I think Montpellier Studio. Um, and it's if you've played Origins, it's very similar play style to that. And I mean, basically, original Rayman, the 2D platformer. But this, I think these, like this one in Origins kind of builds quite a lot on the old Rayman game. Um, and the general platforming level design and all the stuff they put in it is just really nice and really rewarding. It's one of the most like modern games that I've been quite religiously completed, like 100%ed, like all the levels and I've tried to collect everything. Just because I really like spending time in that game, it's very relaxing. It's just quite an easy game to just put on and go, I'm just going to do a couple levels today of this. Um, I think if you've played the first one, it takes place, um, I think it says a century after Origins. Uh, And apparently they've just been asleep that whole time. And all the evil people come back and then they wake up to bad news that everybody has been captured again. So their laziness has proven terrible. But... Um, I have to say, a lot of the collecting and stuff, I think, in this game really gets me. I like collecting stuff at the best of times, but they've put a lot of I was obsessed with that game, and I think it was because of the collecting and the characters, because you can unlock all of the characters. Well, you can unlock a lot of characters, and there's a hell of a lot of, like, cool characters to pick from. Because, like, all the princesses, they're awesome looking. And, yeah, I think that's definitely... That definitely helped yeah. me get addicted yeah. to that game. And the little like monster things you can get. Oh and the... yeah, you make like the collections. See? Yeah, and the scratch cards. The scratch. Oh. I mean, it's basically kind of like gambling. It just gives you a scratch card. Yeah. But oh, they knew what they did were I doing. love a scratch. Yeah, they knew how to. They knew how to get us. And I think quite nicely they gave you all the levels from Origins as well. So yeah. if you hadn't played Origins, you could play it for this. And Origins was just as good. Like. I think what turned for me for Legends was the fact that you could have all of the Origins one in there and they built on stuff a little bit more and the music levels were so much fun. Yeah, I loved Rayman Legends. That's why I was my number one. Um, Not bitter at all. Um, (laughs) I I just thought it was a really great game. It was just really beautiful. It was a really... I loved... I I just loved having a modern platform. I think at that point in time, I hadn't really come across a platformer that I'd been in love with. And I, when I, I mean, Legends, I think it was, I think I didn't actually pay for it. I think it was free on Xbox Store or something. And I just fell in love with it. I was just so happy to play a platformer. And it being multiplayer as well was awesome. 
and it was just awesome like every every part of it every little dynamic was just really entertaining and the rhythm levels they were cool yeah yeah music rhythm levels were just really fun um facts i'm sure you have some so i will just get my ones out of the way um mine were we were talking about how beautiful this game was and how beautiful the last game was um the i mean it's mostly because ubisoft has its own special engine called ubr um and it basically allows them to create amazing stuff in 2d so their kind of concept for it was they wanted to be able to make a game which was basically interactive concept art paintings and stuff which i think the game is it's got that really lovely painted feel to everything but doesn't feel like you're just a 2d character walking in a static background because they've like layered it really nicely to give you kind of almost like a 3d appearance and all kinds of really nice little tricks and things and uh all the effects and things in it it's just lovely it's just a really nice looking game um and the ubr like framework engine is just like really cool anytime i see that logo pop up as well i'm always like this is gonna be a lovely game yeah just because i know that they've used that um that engine um another random fact that i had was that uh it was originally planned to be exclusively for the wii u um but we all know how the wii u did not do so well and i think they ubisoft also made zombie u which was essentially a commercial failure for them and they just went no we're not giving you uh rayman legends it's just not going to be as profitable just making a wii u exclusive so they made it multi-platform and now it's on everything it's still on everything you can buy it on switch and i've almost been tempted to get it on switch because i'm just like i, I like this game I'm yeah play this again it's a good um, game and th- actually yeah. that was my only fact really was that it just sold poorly when it came out um just generally so i was yeah. gonna say as well like i want another rayman legends or similar game but i guess maybe they won't because they're worried it's not gonna sell well because i know that they did release it a lot as a free game on on different platforms so maybe obviously that was kind of why they did that but it's a shame because it was such a good game that i just i'd love another one to be honest have they done another yeah. one no i'm the same as you they've done a mobile version um yeah which follows very similarly yeah i played a bit of it but it didn't run great so i didn't play that much of it but um yeah i guess the idea behind it is now like because i don't think i was the same as you i don't think i ever actually bought it i think i got it because it was free on something and now though because i've played it i would the next when they release the next one or if they end up announcing another one i'd definitely buy it yeah i think so that will bode well for them i think yeah i hope more people have kind of played it because it was free and found out how awesome it is because it is just a lovely modern platformer that just kind of good for i think as well platformers are something that you can play with your really small like nieces and nephews or brothers and sisters like you can play with a younger audience um I play with my as mom. well as yeah, or <laughs> play with older people who don't maybe don't game so much. You know, it's a nice gaming that you can play with non gamers. I think yeah, is a good way to describe it. And then people kind of recognise Rayman a little bit from being an old school character. Um, and I don't think we have that many outside of Nintendo owned products really. No, two D platformers are definitely not you know that popular anymore. But I think no. Rayman Legends I think did become really popular obviously when it when people started getting hold of it and so you know it is this kind of for me it's a bit of a special world because like if you do it well then the game can be really good 
especially because I I love like couch games that you can play with people, like because it's these days it's obviously it's so heavy with online multiplayer, but it's just really nice to have that one game where you're like ah oh, let's just like sit down and just play this. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's a non-thinking. It's an after-work game. Yeah, for sure. Like I really struggle after work when you're tired and you just gaming is difficult when you're tired, which sounds stupid, but you don't want to play something really heavy that you no. might have to think a lot or you know really get into depth in a story sometimes you want something that you can just switch on play you know a couple of lessons for like an hour at the most because you don't have time because you could go back to bed or go to change for school or something so it's a nice game to have that's that nice kind of easy switch on switch off so ubisoft if you want us to promote your new rayman game we'll do it because i feel like we've done pretty well so far yeah we we can start twitching (laughs) yeah but anyway that was my number one, but it's, oh, it's well, okay. So, but we haven't covered your number two. So, what is your number two? It's true. My number two. I don't know how many people will know of this game. Um, is Fantastic Dizzy. Oh, Dizzy! You know Dizzy. I Remember know my Dizzy. Pal Dizzy. I've uh, yeah, I've met the Oliver twins who made Dizzy. Have you? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> That's amazing. Name drop. I have a cool yeah. friend. <laughs> are they cool Aww. are they nice they, guys they were lovely they were super kooky crazy guys but they were lovely yeah. I'm totally thrown off right now sorry um, do you want to take over this thing as your best friends with the, the Oliver Twins now no I had to play one of their modern games and it was not Dizzy so okay. I don't know much about well, Dizzy do you have you played Dizzy very briefly and only since being older okay well I played Dizzy when I was younger and I fell in love with him immediately. Anyway, Fantastic Dizzy is was made in 1991 and it was developed by Codemasters and the Oliver Twins, who Steph is best friends with. Um, <laughs> and it was actually one of the most successful British video game franchises apparently of the late 1980s and early 1990s. Um, it's basically kind of like a puzzle platformer um, where you play an egg. Obviously, his name's Dizzy. He's cool. Um, and <laughs> you have to kind of save his friends, basically, from like an evil person and as you know per any kind of game we have to save people from the story evil the natural <laughs> hero's progression of story i'm great at telling stories anyway <laughs> um to be honest with you i don't know if i actually ever got to the end of it because i was so young and it was quite a hard game because it was it was a puzzle game but it was really freaking difficult it i think one of the reasons what made it so difficult was because it, you know it was that sort of game where you need to like use items to solve situations so like get past certain enemies and you couldn't really like kill anyone or hit anything you kind of just you know anything killed you like you could literally just like walk into an enemy and just die you can't hit them or do anything um but the problem is you had a very small inventory so a lot of the time you ended up just like leaving these items that you need everywhere and having to like come back and go get them it was a really hard (laughs) game but for me i think it kind of brought me into my love of puzzle games because it was just very puzzly um And I loved it. I love being able to like solve like, oh, what items do I need for this? And, you know, like going back across all the, you know, to, to go get it. Anyway, I'm divulging. So <laughs> um, there was actually a lot of Dizzy games and Fantastic Dizzy was the seventh release, which I find mad because um, I didn't realise there were so many. But the, all the all the other ones were um, were like on, um, oh, what's that console called? Really old one that begins with S. I can't remember. The really old ones, where they're all pixely and flat. <laughs> no? Uh, I'm trying to remember, Spectrum. 
Oh, the spectrum. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like <clears throat> spectrum. Um, they were all like the. You know, I didn't really play those. I only got it on the Mega Drive. So Fantastic Dizzy was the Mega Drive release. And it was just yeah, it was just a really good game. I thought. And for me, I have this. To be honest, it might even be one of my favorite games of all time. I don't. I just. It's just such a good nostalgic game. I think there was a way before its time with all like the whole item use because it's kind of like the whole Broken Sword Monkey Island thing, but just way before because yeah. of the whole collecting things to then use to solve puzzles and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I love those games. So obviously, it was always going to be a win-win for me. Um, but yeah, so. Let me have a look to see if I've got any facts. Oh, well, we all know it was obviously made by the Oliver Twins, then later published by Codemasters. Um, anyway, I couldn't really find any facts, obviously, to be honest with you. I actually could only find facts about the Oliver Twins, which I thought was interesting, because I didn't really know much about them, because I don't work in the game industry like Steph. <laughs> Again, not bitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this what... is just going to be being like, <laughs> did you know this? I bet you did. Yes, you did. God damn you. Fuck off. I hate you. Um, anyway, so the Oliver Twins <clears throat> pretty cool. They began to professionally develop, develop computer games when they were still at school, which I thought was well cool. Um, at 16. Yeah, and they contributed their first... Oh, sorry, contributing their first type in-game to a magazine in 1983, which was also pretty cool. I mm-hmm. think they worked with Codemasters a lot after that. Yeah. Um, anyway, they yeah, they created Dizzy, which was um, apparently a really well-known UK game, which I didn't even know it was, you know, in the UK, like made in the uk when i was younger but that's because i didn't really probably care at that time <laughs> yeah you have no real concept of that kind of stuff when you're a no. kid you're just like yay colorful things no where's my custard i've gone back to play fantastic dizzy a couple of times in my life i think like on pc i've managed to get it and at one point i think actually no i don't think i got it on pc i think i it was like in a browser at one point that you could play but they've been you know saying about like remastering them and things but it never really happened i think at one point they were going to make another one and that didn't really happen, which is a shame. However, I was looking into it and I realised that they actually made a later instalment of Dizzy remastered on the Android. Which, when I say remastered, I was confused because you can say like remade and remastered. It's not the yeah. same game, it looks better. Right. Is that remastered? Uh, It's not the same game, but looks better? So it's not like the same engine. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like they've they've it's the same game but they've like recreated it oh yeah so remastered yeah so i found i went exploring because i was really getting into dizzy at this point and i realized that they had one that was called dizzy prince of the yoke folk on android because <laughs> the, the eggs Good are name. called yoke folk um and i saw that on there and i realized i never played prince of the yoke folk and i saw it on there for like one pound and i was like Do you know what I'm fucking buying this shit so i bought that about an hour ago <laughs> i'm gonna play that tonight <laughs> That's gonna be your evening. Yeah, because I freaking love it. Like it's just, it's just. I'm hoping it's nostalgic because, I mean, that's what drives me most of the time when it comes to like playing these old school games. Is nostalgia, but it was just yeah. a really good game, um, and I want to give it money because I want yeah. more Dizzy in my life. Like, please, maybe release Fantastic Dizzy on Android. That'd be amazing. Um, That'd be good. But yeah, if if you don't know what it is, definitely give it a Google or a YouTube because it's just a cool game. Yeah, the pictures might look funny, but I've heard good things. There's a lot of depth to it, I think. I think that's what I liked about it. There's always, like, something going on. And I think, like, <laughs> it took me years when I was younger to just figure out the simplest things. And I liked that. I like that in a game. I like, you know, the challenge of not really knowing, like, how to save your egg girlfriend and things. So, 
Yeah, that trouble we always have as five-year-olds, saving your red girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, so that's... I don't really have any facts. I found it's kind of hard to find facts um, on this one for me, but yeah, that that's well, my number two. Nice. It's a good number two. Again, didn't really think about Dizzy, but of course... Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I don't know. I guess we've never spoken about it, and I've never really spoken about my love for for an egg. No, I mean, why would you? But yeah. now, now I know that it's true. Yeah, you're getting yourself an egg girlfriend. Very <laughs> I could not put on there. I just, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Nice. Uh, in that case, I'll move on to my number two. If you're done with all your facting, yes, I'm done. Yeah. Okay, so my number two is Battle Block Theatre, mm-hmm. which is, again, another modern platformer. It's described as a comedy platformer game, uh, and it is. It's really funny. Uh, it was made in 2013 by the Behemoth, um, which are a great uh, game company. I, quite, I like pretty much all of their games that I've played, and they've only got a few, but they're all good. Um, and it's a really funny game. Uh, I can't really describe why it's it's one of those games that just has a lot of self-humor in it and stuff like that. There's actually the one of the things that makes it amazing is a narrator and I totally forgot I should have mentioned it on our uh, video uh, game like voice actors episode because I don't know how I forgot about this because it's one of my favorite narrations his voice is just brilliant so there's quite a lot of cutscenes that kind of tell the story um of the game and basically it starts off where you are a group of weirdly shaped head people and you're in the crew of the ss friendship and you end up getting shipwrecked on a strange island after a big storm happens and there's just like a lot of it's all done by like stick puppet type things and narration um and you end up being on this island and you wake up and everyone on the ship has been kidnapped by cats who own the island and they then force you to perform tasks for their amusement which is essentially the levels that you do um and there's like a rest of a story with a man called hattie hattington and it's just great and it sounds like nonsense that i'm speaking but it's good and it's funny um it's co-op and single player um and actually the really nice thing is that the co-op levels were different so you play it as a single player and then if you start playing as a with like a friend the levels change and you get slightly different mechanics so you can kind of play it both times which i always think is nice because sometimes when you own a game you're like oh i'll play this singly and then you kind of want to run through because you know how to do it you're just like oh just go there and touch this and the second person who's kind of new to it doesn't really get a chance to i guess enjoy the game because you're kind of just directing them and they don't get to help you with the puzzles whereas this because it's different in co-op unless you've done it already as a co-op you don't know how the levels are gonna like differ and stuff which i thought was really cool um but it's just a really fun game it's one of the modern platformers that have just like i've really enjoyed playing and i've played when i put it on i tend to like do all of it and finish it it's one of those you can't really like go away from it you tend to just complete it all quite quickly um yeah and it's just i can't just like iterate how funny i find this game um and the narrator who is called will stamper um he also one of my facts actually was that he also does narration for newsgrounds 
the website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the the game actually contains user generated music from the new ground community. Uh, this is because their first game, well, the two guys who I think ended up running the company made Alien Hominid. Yeah. Hominid. Um, and they first made it as a flash game on Newsgrounds. And then it did so well on Newsgrounds that they ended up getting like approached and being asked if they wanted to make it into a console game and then spawned the rest of their games that they've made since then. Um, but it's just great. And I think that's my only fact that makes any sense. The rest of the facts that I found were all about weird things if you go into the Hall of Dudes, which is an area in the game. I can't remember what the Hall of Dudes is. I meant to remember, but or look at it and go on the game. I think it's just some pictures, and I think you can be in there if you like complete the game. But it's like, if you go in there, there's a picture of a bear who appears, and his name is called Honey Hug. Oh. Yeah. Um, and there's some other random facts about the people who appear in there. Uh, but Honey Hug was my favourite. Nice. As well as, there's also a picture of a cat. And if you look at it for more than a few seconds, its eyes will move. Ooh. Those are the only two facts that I could find. Fair enough. <laughs> and, and they were both from um, a forum on their website, which they wrote. So they were good. Like, some of them were giving hints of, like, if you do this on this level, you'll get further. Or if you do this That's move, nice. and then this move, you'll complete a level better. Um facts and then some of them were just stupid like honey hug yeah i've never uh, i never played battle block theater but i did just notice that they made castle crashes and i really liked castle crashes castle so crashes is great yeah yeah very very similar game um and then pit people is their new one mm. um and i've played the demo of that and i really enjoyed it and i keep meaning to buy it um uh, but it's just i really enjoy them as a company they just do great games like you said like castle crashes is also fun it was kind of a tie-up for me between castle crashes in this but i find this one as a story and stuff and the narration and everything in it it's just really funny and you said um, it was co-op yes well so... come around and play it then if you've got it oh yeah we shall load it up yeah because I've, I've always been um curious about hattie mccatherson whatever his name is yeah i think it sounds like a I funny game quite a lot yeah it do. is i will i'll run it up for you when you're Sweet. next over <laughs> sounds good that, so that's my number two, okay. all done and dusted. So um, it would be my number one. Um, so I'm just going to think about what I'm going to do instead. <laughs> um, all right. I might just mention... Uh, so Can I mention my honourable mentions? I was going to say, do you have a backup? This is where well, we have backups. Yeah, but the problem is I have honourable mentions, but I don't know how I would pick out of them. I know it sounds silly, but like they're they're all kind of on the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't. To be fair, yeah, we're supposed to have backups so that when this happens, we can yeah, just throw one in. I know. I think they've become more honourable mentions than backups. Okay, do you know what? Yeah, I'm. Problem is, I don't have any facts because we we banned the facts on that, the backups. That's fine. So my description of this game is going to be so bad, and I'm really sorry. And I don't think anyone's even going to know this game. Um, but I'm going to put it as my number one anyway, just for the lols, because of that. Um, and it's probably one of the first platform games that I played that I fell in love with, um, which was a game called Psycho Fox. Now, this was on the Master System, not sure when it was released because I don't have any facts or anything. Um, and it was a very simple platformer game with a great soundtrack. Um, I would recommend YouTubing Psycho Fox. 
And I think from what I remember, you could play as Psycho Fox or you could also play as the monkey. There was a hippo and a couple of other animals that you could play as. And it was really fucking hard to the point where I remember probably pre-rage quitting for the first time, maybe at age seven or eight, um, because it was that frustrating. But it was just, I just loved it. I was addicted to it. I couldn't stop playing it. Um, and I mostly picked it for number one just because it was such a pivotal game for me and probably the first platform game that I ever really enjoyed. As a, you know, I think because I think Mouse System is a bit older than Mega Drive. Am I wrong in that? Uh, no, I think you're right. But I want to say I played that before any of the other major ones and um, it just sticks out in my mind as just being a really, really good platformer. And I break out a lot of time actually on my Mouse System and play it sometimes if I just want some, some good old nostalgic fun. But it's just a nice, simple platformer. Um, I yeah. don't know if you've Googled it while I was speaking about it, if you care enough. Um, I haven't. I was going to, though. That's okay. Um, I don't really have any facts. I wish I kind of did now. Um, maybe we'll do a top five Mars system games, and I've just spoiled one of my things. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. More <laughs> positives on top of politics. Um, um, but yeah. Oh, man, that looks insane. It's but pretty... I actually think I remember you showing me this. When we, because we played a couple of random like Mega Drive things together. Oh, you may have um, played Psycho Fox then, yeah. Oh, that was it. Yeah, there was a little black bird. Um, it was a great game. It was just like real kind of just old school, pure platformer. But as I said, it was quite difficult, and that's what I kind of liked about old school platformers is they were really freaking hard. Um, yeah. But anyway, I don't know why he was psycho. No, I mean, there's nothing in his face to determine that he... He looks pretty angry, though, if you look at one of the covers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and why has he got such weird friends? I, are his friends even real? Maybe that's the real question. Oh, that's a very good theory. Yeah, because I remember the evil guy, and it was actually just like a big fox. So maybe it's just all about his imagination. Anyway. It's all in his dreams. That is my backup to number one. So, well, well pulled out from nowhere. (laughs) Thanks. I'm still going to mention my honourable mentions at the end, though, because I can. Well, that's the whole point of having them. Apart from the fact that they're supposed to be our backups, which we're supposed to use on occasions when one of us steals the other ones. Um, But I'm just going to move on to my number one. And my number one for me is Jazz Jackrabbit 2. Nice. Um, I think this is purely because of the nostalgia factor that this made it to number one not that it's not a good game um i know people who have played it it's like one of their favorite games and it's a great platformer um two is more i guess uh good for me i think like not one i've never really played but one i had um on my first like computer that i had um and i played it all the time and i think it's probably the first platformer that i owned um and it was just great fun um you are basically a rabbit jack rabbit uh you are green which is you know a bit weird and you have a gun and your name is jazz uh in jazz group 2 you also have two other playable characters one his brother called spaz now not politically <laughs> correct at all and the other one <clears throat> is uh laurie who is jazz's sister but you could only get her in like a special edition version of the game which i never owned so i literally had jazz and spaz um and they were great it was released in like the 1998 and 
uh, made by a game like company called Orange Games, who I don't know what else they did other than this, but it was produced by Mega Epic Games, which is now Epic Games of Fortnite fame. Which I find a little bit insane that Epic Games have been going that long. I did not realise. Um, I don't know why I didn't realise. I just didn't really ever think about it. But there's not really much plot to it other than you're a rabbit who has a nemesis who's a turtle. And I think he sends you through time or you chase him through time. And there's something about you're planning to get married. But there's never really explained to you. There's a tiny cutscene at the start of the game and you're shooting turtles because the you know evil turtles are just a theme in the 90s in the games uh obviously borrowed from a mustachio friend and yeah it's it's just fun it's just a weird it was very colorful it was nicely drawn it wasn't like ape or anything it was kind of like a drawn sprite thing um and yeah it was just a really fun game it was co-op so you could play it with two people um yeah, I think those are all my things about it. It was just really fun. Oh, there was a level editor, which I always found crazy. And I'm, I have to say, though, I'm not a huge person who likes playing games like level editors. Like Mario Maker and stuff never really seemed that fun for me. I like my levels to be made by level designers. Um, I just know I have no skill in it. But the fact that it had one back then was quite cool. Um, and yeah, other than it just being one of my favourite platformer games and I feel like everyone should go play it, I'm pretty sure it's on GOG.com. You, the first, you can buy one and two in a set for like £7. So go do it. Yeah, I never great. I never actually played it, um, Jazz Jack Rabbit. Then I just I Googled it to have a look at him and I was like, hmm, I, like, I recognise that rabbit. And then I, I further went on to explore it. And then, have you ever seen Bucky O'Hare? Yeah, he looks Is very similar same, to Bucky O'Hare. Oh, it's not the same thing? No. Oh, because I remembered I was like, I had like a toy with Bucky O'Hare and I was like, that looks just like Jazz Jackrabbit. And then I just had to just sort of, sorry, I had to investigate that while you were talking. I'm sorry. I was just like, I needed to understand. But yeah, they are different. They just happened to be a bright green rabbit. It just seems very, you know. Yeah, I have a feeling um, Jazz was very much borrowed from the comic book yeah. that is uh, Bucky O'Hare. I was going to say, because you don't tend to get green rabbits. No. I also think he, if you know, like, Blink-182 have a rabbit as a old logo mm. thing that they had, and he always looks very similar to him, even though he's not green. Yeah, that's true. Cartoon real rabbits. But yeah, I think as well, like, what you said in the beginning about we, we have kind of picked some of these on nostalgia reasons, and I think that's the thing with the top fives. I think, you know, it's always going to be the top five games that we've played, so it's not like... Yeah. I think when I was sort of like looking at everything. That's why there's some things in my backup list which I know are really great platformer games but I've even not played very much or not finished. Or, you know, like only played like for like an hour around someone's house. Like I, I need to make sure that everything I put is something that I've played like through to the end and I know well and I yeah. know it's my favourite for for good reason. Um, but I think, yeah, we will choose things on nostalgia but that's just because, you know, we like it so it's going to be in our top five. It's all opinion. Yeah, it is all our opinion. And also, I guess it's, like you said, I mean, really, everyone knows what you do. Everyone's made a list of what the best ever platform games ever in the world are. And of course, people like Sonic and Mario are going to be top every single time. And there's just ones that, like Prince of Persia is just a huge oh, yeah. old platformer. You know, like these are games that you know are good games because they're so critically known and 
you know, you look at them. Whereas these games are more like we've played them and we think they're fun. These are our like favorite. Anything but our opinion, <laughs> which maybe you don't. Uh, you might check out oh, at yeah. least if you've not heard them. Like often. if I if I was to make like if someone was to say make a top five of like best platformer games like ever like not your opinion just generally best ones ever like it would be a different story. But I guess when it's like personal, this is what I would choose as my top five games. Like if you were to lock me in a room and say you can only play five platformer games for the rest of your life, like these are the ones that I would pick. Yeah, and I think that's a good justification for us <laughs> kind of always going with the same things every time. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, can I mention my honorable mentions now? Moving on you from that, you can move your honorable mentions. We've done with the. Wait, no, I have a fact. I have one fact. Ooh. I want to get my fact out of the way. Uh, my fact for Jazz Jack Rabbit was that um, it was uh, registered to be a TV series, but um, it never made it. Oh, that's and depressing. I'm kind of sad. Right? Thanks my, I'm not... for ending that on a sad note. <laughs> yep. There's also a cheat code that's really obscure, but nobody knows what it is. So those are my two miserable facts Wait, do you, to end Do on. you know what it is? No, nobody knows. The, your, your fact is just, just a random cheat code that nobody knows. Yep. Mystery. Such mystery. Maybe if you care enough, you'll Google it and find out for me what that cheat code is. <laughs> well then, let's perk this up a bit and go to my honourable mentions, which is, right. I'm going to go through a couple of modern ones first. Yep. Um, Unravel is an amazing game. Unfortunately, I haven't played much of it and I don't own it. I've only played a bit of it, but I thought it, it had to good. be mentioned because it's beautiful. And if yep. I'd played it more, then I probably would have put it in my top five, but unfortunately I just haven't, so I didn't want to be fake to myself. Um, Ori in the Blind Forest is also an amazing and beautiful game. Yeah, very very pretty game. I've heard very hard though. I've never played it. Oh, it's very hard. Yeah. I don't think I actually finished it because I got so frustrated um, because it was really difficult and I kept dying. <laughs> um, but I was quite far into it, but I just I just never made it for the end. But they are releasing the yeah. second one soon, so I might get on that. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's a very good game. And then going down to the retro land a bit. Um, Going back to Mega Drive and Sega Genesis, James Pond was one of my favourite platformers as a kid. Nice. The goldfish. I remember James Pond. Yeah. And also going back to old territory, my main man, Abe. Abe's Odyssey. Oh, Great platformer. Abe. Can we count Abe as 2D? Because this was my theory about yeah, Abe. Yeah, of course. Because he's kind of... But he's kind of 3D. He's yeah, but like it's 2.5D. But he may look 3D, but then so does probably some of my, like, so does Never Alone. It's on a I flat so. 2D base, and you don't, like... So what I see as a 3D platformer is, like, from behind. You're jumping on platforms, but it's from behind. So it's, like, mm. all around. Whereas 2D, if it's almost like a flat, two-dimensional space, even though it looks 3D, it's still 2D. Okay. Okay. So, oh, it's only an honorable mention anyway, because you know, <laughs> true. Couldn't not, couldn't not forget about my green man. Yeah. Um, Yoshi's Island was also a great game. I own that on N64. That was a cute, nice. awesome platformer. That is a good one. Um, and oh, that's it. That's all my honorable mentions. That's all you want to mention. One honorable mention. Well, so I'll go through mine, and one of mine at the top is a game that I'm surprised that you did not have in your list. I'm probably going to kick myself down. <laughs> I did not have in my list, although I know you haven't played this one a lot. I will stop just alluding about it and tell you what it is. It is uh, Toe Jam L Two. See, I didn't see that as a platformer. Toe Jam L Two is definitely a platformer. But for me, they're moving around like a 
almost like a 3D world kind of. Ah, uh, no, no, no. That's Toe Jam and Earl 1. Toe Jam and 2 is a 2D side scroller. Yes, I didn't really play that one. See, so, yeah, now, uh, so I kind of wondered whether you would count number one, and, and then I was like, has she played that much of number two? So hence my confusion about whether no, it would I be haven't. another you. I have not. Yeah, to- so when I was thinking about uh, World of Illusion and my Mega Drive kind of games, I was on like, I've got like all the type of things running through my head. I was like, what do I mention? Because there's so many from the Mega Drive that like just ring out to me, and Toadjam and L2 is one of them. It's like Planet Funkatron. Well, something returning to Planet Funkatron. So one of those. And it was just a great game. Um, that and Chuck Rock, I think, <gasps> is one of my favourite platforms. Oh, yeah. I love Chuck Rock. I and I'll probably Chuck mention Rock. it if we ever do a Mega Drive, like, Genesis mm. thing again. So I'll talk about it then. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm glad you mentioned Toadjam and L because I freaking love them. But that's all I'm going to yeah. say. <laughs> we will talk about them at some point soon, I'm sure. Especially with the new one coming out. Um, or the remade one, anyway. Um, my other ones, uh, so two more modern ones, is Fez, uh, which is more like a puzzly kind of... It's it's more like a puzzle game, really, but there is a little bit of platforming in there, so I felt like I could mention Fez. Um, just because the weird, like, 3D moving mechanic is really fun. Um, Thomas Alone is a great game about blocks, made by Mike Bithnell. Um, about blocks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds really stupid because it's basically just just squares. It's just different coloured rectangles in different slightly shaped like squares and stuff. But it's got like a really deep story to it. It's a really good game. Um, so don't you haven't ever sold be it, but I'll the, have a look. <laughs> don't be off put by its appearance if you think, oh, that looks weird and basic. It's not. It's very good. Um, and you should play it. And I think my last one I think I'm going to mention is Pitfall. Um, from the Atari. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, I love Pitfall. It's great. Yeah. Platformers is a difficult one because there's so many. Because pretty much everything back in, like, old school retro game days were platformers. So there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, and we didn't go that old. Like, I mean, Pitfall is, like, Pitfall is probably the oldest one I've got on my list. It is the oldest one I've got on my list, and that's on the Atari. But there's so many you can keep going back. Like, we didn't really mention any on the SNES and the NES and stuff. Like, we've got Donkey Kong Country. There are just so many. And every time I keep mentioning one, another one springs into my head. Well, that's it. I think, you know, people may think it's easy to make a top five, but it's not. It's really hard. <laughs> it is. Because you have to really cut things out and some things you end up picking just for nostalgia reasons, and that's fine. And there's other things that you, you push away just because you know they're amazing games. You just don't feel like it should be in the top five. It's very hard. It's a hard life right. we live. It is. It's so difficult choosing between these games that we, we love. Yeah. You put us in an awkward position. Yeah. Right? We have to choose. It's like Sophie's Choice all over again. We're not dancing monkeys. Yeah. Well, we kind yeah. of are. We kind of are. We're, putting, we're, we're dancing for ourselves. We, we are. We really are dancing just for ourselves. Um, so that's the end of our top five on 2D platformers. Um, I had a good time, Nikki. I also had a good time. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, you can follow us on at Game Tour 5 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at M with three Fs. And you can follow Nikki and all her cosplay goodness at... Ellie Cat with two Es. And there is... Um, going to be uh, some special guests on our next episode. We are going to have Max and Jesse from our sister podcast, 
uh, of Got Till Five, of wrestling podcast. They're going to join us um, and talk about something game related. There will be chaos. It will be it's, just slightly out of control. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be like herding a bunch of cats <laughs> just through audio. And it's not going to be fun. So we're going to try and find our way to do that. Um, and other exciting news. Um, we have a special episode that oh, no. we recorded. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this episode will be coming at some point when I've edited the madness down. Uh, and it's going to be maybe a feature that happens more, but maybe not. What's um, the title, Steph? It's it's Game Till 5 After Dark. Uh, it features Max Curtin from Got Till 5. And me and Nikki and some bottles of wine. And that's all I'm going to say about it. And I'm going to leave the intrigue to build Stay over the next, tuned. next few months. So we'll be releasing some more information about that. I don't know how comfortable I feel with that, but I'm sure everyone will enjoy it when it eventually appears. There's going to be some editing done to it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, then. Um, and on that note, happy note of Nikki's impending doom and dread. Um, I'm going to say goodnight, Nikki. Good night, Steph.